Hello everyone. Uh, just a few things before we get started today. We are back <laughs> from <laughs> the break that we forgot to tell you that we were taking. Um, in true witch fashion, Lark and I take a break when Mercury is in retrograde to devote some time to uh, extra Patreon content and also to not struggle through the inevitable complications that Mercury in retrograde tends to bring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we hadn't done that previously with this pod because it was too new, but we're old enough now that we can start taking these quote-unquote breaks that are really just breaks from releasing episodes when I do all of the things that I avoid doing the rest of the time because (laughs) I'm busy editing episodes. But yeah, sorry if you were scared that we had disappeared forever, especially because we also disappeared off social media at the same time, but we didn't go anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, this has been an especially rough retrograde, I feel like. (laughs) It really has. In other exciting news besides like we're back and didn't actually disappear, we are also today, the day that this comes out, we have a bunch of new things in our merch shop, many of which are carry-on themed. I just can't wait for all of you to see the rad new shit that you can get. So like scurry scurry to thegailyprofit.com slash shop. There's a Merwolf sticker. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, we we all know that there needs to be more cool uh, carry-on merch in the world. So check it out. Tell your friends. uh, At Rainbow Rowell. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Yes, please. All of the above. (laughs) There is also a magical space sex item i'm just saying it's great uh there is a pin that says gay people love puns that we can only actually order once 50 of them have been purchased so if you want one of those you should go grab that up because we'll give like six weeks for people to get those if we don't get 50 orders within that time you'll get your money back so it's a no risk situation but like Pins are so expensive that we can't order them without actually having the money up front to order them. (laughs) That's it. All right, let's get into this thing. Uh, Tell me more about how his eyes look, Simon. It's almost (laughs) as if Simon enjoys being chastised by Baz or something. Like, is this how you describe your enemies? It's really not. Hot. Yeah, like basically. <laughs> I feel like I just want to be like quote unquote enemies for every time we bring up past. You want to get sexy? Yeah, let's get to the sexy stuff. Hello, and welcome to Escape from Reality, a podcast for two queer IRL witches read Carry On by Rainbow Rowell and talk about it. I'm Lark Malachi Gray. And I'm Jesse Blount, and we are talking about chapters 52 and 53 of Carry On. In chapter 52, we are in Simon's POV. And uh, alone on school grounds during Christmas break, Simon is wandering around looking for the old nursery and spots the book's one of only two good adults, Eb. While hanging out with her and the goats in the barn, they get talking about Natasha Grimpich and Eb's brother, who turns out to be the same Nicodemus that he's been looking for. Simon leaves Eb to go grab some cash, 
run a quick 10K to the next train to Baz's neighborhood. <laughs> 53. Baz. Baz is morosely playing violin like a tragic Victorian when Simon shows up muddy from running another 5K to Baz's house. Genuine's in those jeans is basically playing in the background as Simon and Baz eye each other for the first time in days. And Baz formally invites him in to talk. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, talk. Oh, my God. Beautiful end of, yes. And with us in the studio today, we have the hosts of the Colored Pages Book Club, a bi-weekly podcast where longtime friends Akko and Marcy talk about fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Akko and Marcy take a book a month and use it as a conduit to discuss bigger social issues while kikiing and catching up. Come for the discussion, stay for the black nerd shenanigans, 90s cartoon references, and exposition <laughs> about radical self-acceptance. Also, no worries if you've not read the books; they've got you covered. Welcome. Like I like don't have words. Like that person just hi. <laughs> like, like holy shit! Like we're really being introduced. Like oh my gosh. Um, thanks for, so much for having us. We're so happy to be here. This is Marcy, by the way. Yeah, just yes. so y'all can like like <laughs> auditorily distinguish who who is who. Yes, and the woo is Akko. Come on, the woo. Perfect. <laughs> I am. I'm very excited to have y'all here. Oh my god, we're so this excited is, to be here. This yes. is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, you guys have been in my ears for the last like day and a half, and it's been a joy. Oh, so thank you. I'm very oh excited to have you in my ears talking about things on this podcast. Oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I will say, y'all are, <laughs> y'all read very, very closely. So, you know, I, I won't speak for Akko, <laughs> but I'm going to try to keep up and be like, okay, let me get my details together, my descriptions, my quotes, because <laughs> y'all come with the heat as, as far as the, that analysis. So yeah, but we're definitely happy to be here. That's Thank true, you so much for letting us hop on. Yeah. Yes. Me and Marcy may be like the equivalents of the kids in the back who are like spark noting quickly before the exam. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't mean we're not dedicated. Like, during the conversation. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Simon did what? Passive what? Wild. It's okay. Uh, I think me and Lark both read the chapters like a few hours before these recordings. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I do have the entire book memorized, but that's just a thing that happens without meaning to in my Fair brain. Enough. So. <laughs> Okay, so before we get into it, just a reminder, we're spoiling everything through the end of this book, but nothing from the sequels. And also, please go leave us a review. It makes us happy and helps people find the podcast. Mm. We're just going to get right into it with... Easy come, easy go. Easy come easy go where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else <laughs> yeah so marcy would you like to start us off sure um so as far as just like yeah just like something simple to start out with i <laughs> so i find baz's character very charming um and kind of just like <laughs> hilarious um I'm not sure if y'all ever watched like Hey Arnold, but like he very much gives me like a Helga Bataki vibe. And she was like my mm. favorite character on that show. <laughs> like he tries so hard to be like intense and like, oh my God, I'm so over y'all. But like, he's just like, so, like uh, you can see the feelings popping out. 
I don't know, that chapter where he's just like aggressively playing the violin and then like Simon shows up and he's like, I'm not bothered. Like, oh my God, like you're so dirty. Like, girl, what is this? Like, da da da. But he's like low key living. It was just, I, I was so here for that internal monologue because I was like, literally oh same, God. same. Like, how I would be in this situation. So, um, I don't know. I just find that very charming. And I just was so tickled by all of that. But also, too, Simon, like, <laughs> you're tracking in mud and stuff. Like, I, like, I get it. Like, no taxes were come, mm. but like, sweetness. Like, this is not. <laughs> it's like, I feel like Baz lives in a nice house. I'm not sure if that's confirmed, but that was kind of the vibe I was getting. But yeah, the vibe is very like Downton Abbey. Mm, yeah. Very, very fancy. Yeah, I, I pictured his house very Dracula esque. <laughs> I was like, dramatic music and like lightning. So, like, the book did not portray right. this at all. But in my mind, it was like, dun, 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 and then like lightning everywhere. <laughs> As like Simon ran a 4K, like he said, to like <laughs> get there. That's like in a coffin, like just like, <laughs> like was a bad right, three right. minutes ago. It's like, oh my God, I have to become a person. <laughs> oh, stress. <laughs> Truly stress. <laughs> when, when your boy toy's coming over and you have it. <laughs> <laughs> like girl same it's like wait who the fuck is related to this <laughs> right right <laughs> have a youtube video right, like, oh my God. <laughs> becomes like a tiktok trend but, but yeah. right <laughs> there is definitely a tiktok pov video about like you're a vampire your crush comes over and you're still in the coffin like i guarantee you <laughs> right it's somewhere we just need to find it <laughs> beautiful i feel like this is record time for me like crying from laughter <laughs> in an episode seven minutes in and i'm like just like, weeping with joy okay um yes jesse please tell us what your first one is i just want to bring up that when simon's like about to go like hang out with eb and he's like recounting conversations with uh, both Agatha and Penny in his head, and that's like they're so mean to Eb. It's like mm. don't need, you don't need to be mm. classed about her li- about Eb like living in a barn. You don't need to mm. be so mean about her trauma response about crying about her brother. Like what the fuck? That is right. mean. Facts. Yeah. Let yep. her be a sad dirtbag. Like the rest of us didn't they say something like oh like even the sheep look bummed out or something like that and i was yeah. just like okay yeah. y'all are kind of doing a lot <laughs> like every like, sad girl damn like, right. what have said? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh my god like let the sheep have their feelings too right. like, yes whatever um okay so i just want to say that saw me in half is a fantastic magical swear word <laughs> oh god it's so perfect. I I love all of the magical swear words in this book, but that one in particular mm. is like, that is beautiful. What was the context that they used it? I think Simon was like, saw me in half. Eb must be as powerful as the mage. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> and it's like, that's like the classic magic trick, right? Is sawing someone in half. It's great. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel like their magic spells were like i was like man this is pretty practical as opposed to like use i I don't know like the way they talked about it i was like well one i would be bad at magic based on this book they're like you have to be very articulate and know exactly what you're gonna say and Mm. not like pontificate and i was like "Ooh, i'm about to burn things on fire like (laughs) flood the country like it's it's a dub (laughs) yeah but then like yeah like they were really i don't know i liked it a lot i agree all right uh akko Okay, so I didn't read Harry Potter, which I know, like, spoiler, or we don't, we're not friends with Lacko anymore, but um, it's, t- I do. it's totally fine. You've saved a lot of pain, is what you've saved yourself. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, this fallout is not. 
Yeah, but um, it's true. But I was reading Ebbs part, and I was like, is Ebbs just Hagrid? Is Ag- Hagrid yeah. and Ebbs the same mm. person? Am I? And I was like, should I go find those books and purchase them, and then read them, and then figure out if I've like made a proper connection? And I was like, I'm just gonna go with my assumption. And then I, I was like, this is like, like a lot of labor. <laughs> 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 right? They're like, also, couldn't you use the internet? Like, couldn't you have just looked it up? And I was like, yeah, called a friend. I could give you like <laughs> ten books you should buy before you buy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like Marcy, when you said call friend, I was gonna call you, and I was like, "Oh, Marcy also hasn't read." That. I was like, yeah. oh, "I guess we're out of luck because yeah, <laughs> I apparently have only one friend." <laughs> 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 oh my gosh! Yeah, I feel like in college it was really the fact that I hadn't read Harry Potter was just like way more of like a factor in my life. But like now I'm just like, oh, right. like, it doesn't really come up like that. Kind of grateful because um, you know, the cultural references. I still am just like, I don't, I don't really know. But I'm like, I feel like I get the gist. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're just More like, less. you know, culture osmosis. You like pick up a lot of it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And this book is like essentially Harry Potter fan fiction. Mm. So like most of the characters have uh, Harry Potter. Uh, what, I don't know what word I'm looking for. Like double. Like they're, they're rooted in a character. Got you. Harry Potter. Mm, so like gotcha. Penny is our Hermione and the mage is our Dumbledore. Mm. And Ebizar. Hagrid. Interesting. Hmm. Yes, you were totally accurate. Um, Jesse. So they mentioned in this chapter, Eb is just talking about like, yeah, it was really great that the headmistress, headmistress let me just chill here after our school since I was like not really re- ready to go out in the real world because of my brother. And it's like, we'll find a place for you. Here are some, take care of some goats. And I'm like, they must get a ton of goat cheese <laughs> at Watford <laughs> to justify <laughs> having someone watching goats. <laughs> Besides eating like weeds and like magical weeds, mm. the uniforms are made of wool. They, she could be. Oh, they could be angora goats. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. So it could be multi-purpose. Wait, is it wool made out of sheep? You can. There's goat wool. Oh. Yeah, angora wool is from goats apparently, which I thought oh, it was wow. from rabbits for a really long time. But I think there are also angora rabbits. It's very interesting. Ne- wow, next yeah. to Michigan, I'm just learning so many <laughs> things on this podcast. Marcy has two tabs open. Right. <laughs> <She's> actively researching. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. How to make wool. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my shit. Let me find out. <sighs> um, let's see. I'm try- I'm just gonna like skip a bunch of my stuff so that we can try to stay in a reasonable amount of time so i want to next bring up that baz notes that simon has the longest neck and the showiest swallow that he's ever seen Mm. which is very exciting because it means that we did a stupendous job with our simon casting i'm gonna drop in the chat right now, the most recent Instagram post from the person that we have cast as Simon. Okay. Ooh. Oh, I don't follow them on Instagram. This is exciting. Okay, so I guess for the suspense, my computer's like, so we're going to take a while for Instagram. So oh, wow. Yeah. Going to make <laughs> you wait for it. And I'm like, okay, that's a choice we can okay. make. Okay. This person's neck is is long. That is an accurate description. Also, their hair is red, and I feel like Simon's hair is also red. So... It is, and he has a lot of, like, moles and freckles. Oh, I want to see... Oh, okay, it's loading. <laughs> I feel like the era is different, though. This guy feels... This could be Simon's uncle? Maybe his 
his aunt from like three generations back. When was the 80s? Two generations? One generation? Oh I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this what person's just like a hipster. So. Yeah. Oh, a hipster. The, the look is ironic. I forgot that the present <laughs> is the future is the past. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, what what is time right now? Right. Truly. truly. Okay. I'm Okay. As you can tell, my my the picture just loaded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna drop another neck, photo I... that's more of a like, you know, 2020 looking like. Please, make me an influencer kind of photo. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Not an influencer. He doesn't. He doesn't need help with that. He's already like a pretty famous model. I mean, okay. Oh, oh, this definitely is Simon. I def. I see it. I love the curls. Listeners, I'll put it in the show notes so that you can so that you can look at it. You can also just go to Instagram.com slash George underscore hard and you'll find it that way. But OK, now that we've all marveled at George Hard's long neck and large Adam. <laughs> oh, my on. God. Perfect casting on our. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just... Wait, so does this make him Ron or is he Simon Ron or is he Harry? Simon's Harry? Oh. I'm very, very loosely. Mm, got it, got it. Justin, that he's the chosen one. Awesome. Okay, so Marcy, you don't have anything else here, right? No. So, Akko? Oh, I have nothing else to offer. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Not in life. <laughs> Just for the <laughs> okay, Jesse? I don't have anything else either. <laughs> Great. I just, okay. I just want to say that I really like that we learned that Baz is playing a contemporary song on the violin and that like it tells us a little bit about Baz's taste in music and stuff mm. like that. It's Ooh, great. Very true. That person has like played with of Montreal and a bunch of other bands like that in case in case I'm the only one who looked up. Who yeah, sorry. Were. I was going to look it up and then I got sucked into listening to Genuines in those jeans like twice while I laughed myself. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's a really, really good life. Here, <laughs> oh <my God>. <sighs> I see a little silhouette of a man Welcome to I See a Little Silhouette of a Man, where we talk about character development. Mine is like kind of quick, but like, yeah, so I, I don't know why, I guess, I guess maybe because like, you know, shortly before this, like, you know, Agatha and Simon had that conversation that kind of prompted, you know, him staying at the school and all of that. But like, I kind of want to see more of Agatha's character. I don't know. I feel like mm. we don't see a lot of her and I'm just like very curious so just like reading through this i was like yeah, yeah, yeah. like simon and bass cute, cute cute but like agatha where are you at like <laughs> like how can we get you, what like, are you doing? more center stage of the story because i feel like there's a lot that i i, I want to learn about her character but um yeah and, and more than just you know kind of like her amorous relationship with you know simon and, and all of that so mm. so yeah so that's something that i was thinking about i have other thoughts too but that was just something that just was kind of quick so i just wanted to like kind of put that into space um, pirouetting off of that point, Marcy. Come on, pirouette. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I also was like, I wish Agatha gets a little more screen time. I think she gets a little bit more as the story goes on. Spoiler, everyone, I cheated and read a little further. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I also was like, uh, Agatha, what, what, what you up to? What you doing? But I also was like, it's kind of sad that her character is just based off of the fact that like she dated Simon and then maybe cheated on him. We don't really know. 
Mm. Or maybe she did. I don't know. But for my character development, like, I really stand like a brooding king, which Baz definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like that kid who really likes Machida. And my family was like, is this worrisome? And I was like, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> and I'm like, who do you, do you like Sasuke too? Shh. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so his brooding is fun. And I feel like you get to see the beginning of his like family dynamics with his big house that's full of lightning. Yeah, he has a lot of reasons to be playing sad violin music in the library yeah. by himself. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love it. I'm just, I'm, I like knife making fun of it because I love it so much. I feel like it fits the aesthetic. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like if he was playing something yeah. really cheery, I'd be like, this seems a little, you know, just a a br- kind of broke character a little bit, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> just a tad. Um. Okay, so... I have a lot about Ebb, but I want to start really light by just talking about how, like, cottagecore she is. <laughs> like, the most she cottagecore. <laughs> it's so incredible. It's like oh Ebb potentially invented cottagecore <laughs> that just came out in 2015. Oh my gosh. And then sort of, like, with that, the description of how she's keeping warm with, like, these layers of sweatshirts and this, like, ratty scarf and whatever... Mm-hmm is also very queer and like made me think about this TikTok that I just watched that was like, you know, this person just being like put on a coat and then it was like the gays and like every time it like switched back and forth, the gay person just had on like more and more hoodies <laughs> and like the person just kept being like put on a coat and it was just like another hoodie and I was like, yes. <laughs> and also this is exactly what Ab is doing. It's, it's what's happening. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Did I just look up Cottagecore? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) I watched a whole video essay on it and I I did not know what it was before that. And I was like, wow, we learned so much. Um, (laughs) But yeah, absolutely. That's Ev's entire aesthetic. I mean, shit, even the the goats, I feel like like all of them were in on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Yeah. this is Ev is living my dream life, which is to be a sad dirtbag goat farmer. Weird bunch of layers. <laughs> Hang on <laughs> with some goats. <laughs> uh, oh my god. You know, just being outside, you're not worrying about like what's going on in the world. You're just vibing with some goats. It sounds great. It sounds so perfect. <laughs> yeah, I mean honestly, aside from the grieving, like I feel like Ebb's like kind of at peace. Like just right. really, truly doing her own thing. And like there's a lot going on at Watford. I'm like, you need you need some animals. You need some distractions. Like, mm-hmm. you got to have something else yeah. going on. Part of Ev's job should be every weekend, like, opening up a, pe- a little petting zoo for all of the sad children to come, like, cuddles, mm. cuddle goats for a little oh, while. Like, baby goats? Are you kidding me? That'd be so great. <laughs> baby goats are so cute. Now you I look, have to look at baby they're goats. They're so they're little cute. No- they have, like, little nubby <laughs> horns. They're just, like, tiny. Oh, my God. They're little babies. So cute. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse, what do you have about Ebb? Besides that, I also love her ceramic animal collection, <laughs> which is also very like it's very like Midwest cottagecore. Where it's I know mm. I wrote that Simon is a cottagecore enabler. <laughs> <laughs> I found you this tiny ceramic lamb at a thrift store for twenty five cents. <laughs> I thought of you. Oh my gosh, Ako and Marcy, do either of you have a ab- specific stuff yes um so reading through the chapter i definitely am like curious well i guess sort of two things came up in my mind as i was reading all of this given the fact that 
Eb's brother is the person that like you know Simon and all these folks are like have been looking for like I'm very curious like how Eb feels about vampires just like as a group because mm. um, I feel like the general sentiment is like pretty negative so I'm kind of curious like how I guess her relationship sort of is and also I'm curious about the whole idea of like you know Eb is still working at the school and all of that like it, it feels very much like they're just trying to like keep eyes on her and like maybe use her as a way to like kind of take down other vampires or something i don't know something about her being there just feels i feel like there's like a like a motive that like the school or the mage really just kind of like has in place that was something i was kind of thinking about Mm. i had two thoughts my first one was i was like she must have doilies like she (laughs) has to have doilies (laughs) (laughs) yes <laughs> Has to. <laughs> it became abundantly clear to me, and then I had to look up doilies to see how the, that word was spelled. Very simple, not as hard as I thought. Google was annoyed with me. <laughs> <They're> like, really? <laughs> you added a Z? Wait, how is it spelled? I can't even. Yeah, I actually don't know it's either. D o i l y, and I was like, Oh wow, eh. that is really. Fun. Oh, I would have spelled with an i e and been like, Why is this incorrect? Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Stop right. lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, my second more substantive thought was that um, <laughs> I, I was wondering, like, does Eb, does she have to now face her brother? Like, it sounds like there's going to be internet conflict here, I, unless she's, or maybe she's like, gonna, you know, side with her brother. I don't know. I, I was like, something has to, ha- kind of like you were saying, Marcy, there's a tension here. Like, mm. either there's that uh, conflict will arise. And I was like, oh, that's sad because she already had to mourn her brother right. once. She has to face him again or betray him or. I don't know betray someone it's you know it kind of her cottage core life is quickly coming to an end yeah um we see we see like she she's telling the truth about having not spoken to him but like we see later in the book they have sort of a like a Christmas tradition where basically like Nico goes and stands in the shadows outside the house and Eb comes outside and like leans against Mm. the fence and just talks to the wind about like the family and what's been going on with her and whatever but she's like not speaking to Nico and he doesn't talk to her Mm. and that's that's the only relationship that they have at all Mm. tragic and she's not allowed to talk to him and she she seems to take that really seriously yeah which is some fucking bullshit. That's yes, actually trash. Yeah. I feel like the mages allowing her to stay on and like continuing to to like keep tabs on her is more related to the fact that she is like the most powerful mage in in the UK aside from Simon, mm. and like she describes herself as a powder keg, and I feel like that's sort of that's what Natasha Grimpitch was worried about, and probably also what the mage is worried about is like, but what could she do right. if? left you know if she had to go out into the world and like especially with the mage like what if she decided to like oppose all of my terrible fascism like she could totally bring me down so keeping her isolated with only goats and nymphs to hang out with is definitely in his best interest Mm. interesting i have some more thoughts about that in politics but yeah and i feel like the fact that like the entire magical society is treating her brother like this just because he's a vampire is kind of like yeah i would be fucking depressed for like the rest of my adult life over this bullshit you yeah. know mm-hmm. yeah i'm just like i d- does she have like chapters later in the book like i'm I'm very curious like what her internal monologue is around all of this because i'm like you've got to have some really 
complicated feelings about everything. Like you were mm-hmm. staying at the institution that's like in all these different ways, like silencing your experience and like clearly doesn't trust you in any way. At all. You know, like it's just like I'm like I- I'm so curious what that like. What are her thoughts on this? And like, how does she just move through it all? We don't hear a whole lot from her, honestly, up until the point where she's like about to die. So. Oh damn. And then does so. Well, that is. It's it's sad. That's she sad. is tragic. Of like all the people who are, it's like there's a lot of tragic characters in this book, but she's definitely one of the maybe the like second to most tragic character. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh shit! Wait, who's the who who who's the most tragic character? Oh, we don't know. Guess we'll just have I to mean... find out, kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> No, we're, and, uh, we're, we're, we're going to get her POV. Lucy's the most tragic character. Lucy is absolutely the most tragic okay, character. Okay, well, yeah, fair. Alert. Okay, so listeners, hi. It's many, <laughs> many days later because my internet was not cooperating. So it's a whole new world. We're in a whole new recording. All right, so... We got dropped. Jesse, you were just bringing up uh, Natasha Grimm pitch in in this section. So do you want to just begin again with your thoughts about her? Yes. Oh my god, I should have rewrote this chapter. I'm going off I'm going off my original notes. It's been a long week. Uh okay. So in this in this chapter, we get a lot from Ebb about just how like rad and complex uh Natasha Grimm pitch is. And what a trash ass thing it was the mage murdered her mm. i actually had a question about her the whole part where she basically encourages eb to like come back to watford and is like your magic like your power doesn't have to be your destiny mm. and eb asks the question would she have that attitude if i was her kid i wanted mm. to put that to you so folks to, mm-hmm. to ask what you think about that that's okay so it's interesting because i also noticed that um and i and i put that in my notes too i mean i feel like someone like her like with that level of prestige and like notoriety like i i don't feel like that i don't think that would be a choice like if she had a child that was like as powerful as ebb like i i I don't think that yeah that option would be afforded to just like you know kind of have this much power but not necessarily wield it in a way that is like legible for like watford and you know like magicians and such yeah, I have to agree because, I mean, Simon's over here with this power and he's already the chosen one. You know, it, it sounds like even if you, I mean, Ev's doing a pretty decent job of, like, bucking society and just doing what she wants. <laughs> yeah. Um, I looked up Cottagecore. Anyway, um, so <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what is this? I need to understand. And I was like, oh, I need to press flowers and make doilies. Okay, anyway. Um, it's, a, it's a whole movement. Like <laughs> It's a whole movement. Mm-hmm. I watched YouTube videos. Okay, so, but <laughs> I got into it. I forever changed my algorithm. Anyway, but um, yeah, I feel like Eb has been able to get out of it. But I think any more, as you're saying, prestige, and I, I don't think so. I, especially when it seems like, I don't know, power seems to r- kind of run this society along with, I don't know. I feel like they're vying with other magical creatures. So, mm. yeah. I think I agree with that. Actually, I was like, "Mm," especially because what we see of Baz's dad is so like, you have to conform. Um, But 
Marcy, to your point, like, I think that's, you know, Eb comes from sort of a, like, low-status family, mm. so she has the room, like you said, to be able to do that. But, right, like, if it was Baz, I don't think he would even, there, like, that wouldn't even be an option to him. That makes a lot of sense to me. Oh, yeah. Plus, in a way, they, like, because of Eb's brother, they don't even want her to be, power- you know, like, it kind right. of seems like they're invested in her not being, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think I think Natasha had, like, ulterior motives in encouraging Eb to mm. not use her power. I don't think it was just empathy, although mm. I think it was good for Eb, but I don't think that was like her whole reason for yeah. doing oh. that. Yeah, because it, do- it is awfully convenient. I'll just say that. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Face the Truth, where we talk about politics and things that are fucked up. Um, I was going to talk about more about Natasha and her interaction with Eb that we get in this chapter. And just kind of like, I think it was definitely self-serving. It was like half self-serving and I think also half self-preservation that Natasha's like, uh, Eb, you should just totally hang out here. We'll find something for you to do. Because uh, Eb probably could have gone on in some, like, magical rampage of revenge, and uh, it would have sucked for everyone mm. <laughs> Like, <laughs> if she is as powerful as she says when we get in this book, she could have just fucking burned this shit down and salted the earth. Like... Right. right. <laughs> That's mm. a good point. Or maybe she was always going to be like, I'm just going to chill at Whopper. No. But what is it? They say that thing about um, mm. resistance always being integrated into the oppressor. So, right, like the idea is that you take any ability to resist and then you like work it. Like that Black Mirror episode with the Daniel Kaluuya from um, Get Out and that other movie that he's in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like mm. eventually he's he's like raging against the system and he's like, this is ridiculous. We shouldn't be doing this. And then they integrate him into this television show where he basically says the same thing but people are like he's what he like people watch him and he's not like a television show so i think there's like a level mm. of yeah i think you're right like i think <laughs> Ev being as powerful <laughs> as she is she could have and, and didn't nicodemus who she calls nikki i think mm-hmm. was like there's always a place for you over here so you know i think there's alternative motives mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely especially with just like how vampires are set up like i mean that stigma right. like i'm sure what, what's her full name natasha Grandpitch. i want to make sure i'm not messing yeah, her name up. yeah like i'm sure she was like oh can't mm. have that we cannot no we cannot Mm-mm, can't do it so so yeah but yeah. i just feel for eb like i'm just like she's having a hard time it's just like rough mm-hmm. yeah she is uh definitely a tragic character also, like, my political question, if I'm allowed to just jump in, I guess, rudely yeah. without any introduction, but um, <laughs> I, I, I feel like this, this dichotomy or this distance between the vampires and the wizards, I was like, you know what? This doesn't seem justified to me. Okay, do they suck blood? Yes. So do mosquitoes. We don't kill all the mosquitoes. I'm just saying. I don't love <laughs> mosquitoes, but, like, I'm just saying no one's, like, on a ramp. Well, I guess for malaria reasons, but you know what I mean? Like, no one's on a rampage. Mm. And so, like, are all the magical creatures, like, it's like an ecosystem. Like, yeah, okay, other, there are other magical, like, I, what if someone was like, geez, these wizards really keep controlling everything. I guess we should just, you know, like, 
Why are the wizards innately less destructive than vampires? Like, vampires are almost symbiotic with the people. Well, you, you can suck blood without ki- killing people. <laughs> and also, you could get blood bags. People could go donate blood. Maybe you could sell blood. There's a there's a fair trade market for the selling of blood, maybe. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> not any, like, I understand. You know, it's not any less. Right. You like you being able to compel people with magical spells like that could be seen as just as terrifying. So it's interesting that and the mage, the, you know, they're not great. They're not innately good characters. Their like actions are quite bad. I'm like going on a whole tangent mm-hmm. and people are like, really? But I'm just saying like it's an it's, it's an <laughs> arbitrary divide. I feel like there are ways they could live symbiotically together. Mm. Yeah, I mean, our our position is very much that vampirism is just like. A chronic illness where it's just like mm. you know baz needs a little like bracelet that means he can like leave class when he needs to have some blood and like come mm-hmm. back and it's just like he just needs something to like supplement his diet and that's like not a big deal at yeah. all right yeah vampires are still people like they're still yeah right thinking mages it's like what is this bullshit it's like well (laughs) you're not a person anymore sorry it's like right they're not all mages to be fair though like i think most vampires are normals Mm. but they oh really vampires have like simon says vampires have some magic but like they to be a mage, you have to have magic and a way to get it out of you, which is like mm. what the uh, tools that they use, a wand or a staff or a ring or whatever, mm. are. And like vampires, even though they get magic by becoming vampires, it seems like they can't channel it the way that mages do if they weren't mages previous to becoming vampires. Interesting. Mm. Okay, okay. So it's like a little magic. Huh, right. That's fascinating because I'm like I, I can't imagine a vampire being a normal. Like, how would that even? But most vampire lore, the vampires are normal. I mean, yeah. I guess they can turn into bats. Or I guess I mean maybe it's more like they were normals previous mm. to oh, becoming oh, oh, vampires. Gotcha. They seem to live mm. in like vampire communities, at least from what we see. Interesting. But they aren't most. They're not going out and turning mages. They're going out and turning normals. People. Yeah, but like. Nick, like Nikki went out to become a vampire and I'm like I I think it's still trash to be like well bye <laughs> we're just right, gonna make right. your life sub like optimal and kick you out of our entire community I'm like <laughs> you cannot be the only person right. who's just like I won't live forever that sounds great like what what they do to him is like so fucked up because they they break like they take away his his magic instrument whatever it was and they mm-hmm. pull his fangs out oh my god so like he can't eat or do magic anymore. Yeah. And mm. they strike him from the book so he can't be part of the world of mages anymore. So it's like he can't be a vampire and he can't be a mage. And he now like has to eat blood to live, but like he can't bite anything to get the blood. Oh. And he can't use magic to get the blood. Like it is deeply right. fucked up, which I guess is a conversation for later in the book. But So like does he starve? Because like I don't see a way out. I assume he's like buying blood at a butcher or something like in like in Buffy. Shit. Mm. But here's the thing. So then at that point, like you've made a monster like you didn't have a monster when mm. you started. Like you mm-hmm. guys made one. And then second of all, aren't y'all wizards? That sounds like a, you know, a little spell, like make a blood bag spell. I don't know. <laughs> right. Like, like, like right. Like this seems easy. Right. Damn. That is that is so. Wow. 
That's so interesting. Because it's funny because, I mean, even Baz, like, I mean, he just, like, sucks the blood from, like, rats. And, like, I mean, I don't know, like, where rats stand in this world. Like, I don't know if people are, like, checking for rats. But, like, I feel like... (laughs) You could just be like, "Oh yeah, girl, like that's fine." Like we like again back to basically what Aqua said. I'm like, there is, there are solutions here. Like we're just like Mm -hmm. not even like we're just not trying. Um, Mm -hmm. we're just like stigma getting in the way of everything, and um, because that's not gonna stop vampirism. Like being like this isn't gonna stop the fact that there are gonna be like this is a population that's going to keep reproducing, and like there are gonna be more vampires. So like that's not a solution. Like you can't just like cast them to the side like they don't go away i don't anyway right yes (sighs) very short-term plan (laughs) right it's like who who the fuck made this plan we need to go back Mm, revisit it throw it away just throw it away my god (laughs) yeah it seems like it really is entirely based in appearances Mm. you know Mm. it's like well we can't we can't condone having a known intentional vampire among the mage community like that would how how bad would that look and so Mm. they do this thing but it really has nothing to do with danger or any actual issue Mm. it's just like would be unseemly and so they're not gonna allow it yeah Mm. i think there's also i feel like it's a threat you know like baz is an old family and i imagine there are other old you know old families who are powerful and this is such an you know a vampire mage is like that upsets the power balance you know this Mm -hmm. is like oh now Mm -hmm. you know now mages from from lower quote-unquote families could go turn themselves into vampires and have super mage powers and then our old regal order will be disrupted and so i feel like there is a a power overthrow here that they don't like you Mm. know yeah definitely and especially with nico already being so much more powerful than like the average mage i can see how like with that the threat would feel even worse or it was like our he was already like low class and like more powerful than everyone and now he's low class more powerful and like has vampire powers and is maybe immortal and they're like (laughs) they're like gotta go (laughs) right (laughs) right although i guess i guess to play my own I, not me, person. Um, we were going to say, we say devil's advocate. Yeah, <laughs> but then I, I, I was like, dude, I hate that term, but I don't care. I, yeah, to play my own devil's advocate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if I were amazed, and then say like Jimmy is just the worst, like I, you know, like fucking just, Jimmy. You know, but like he's Damn. just that dude. <laughs> He's like mean. He like steals your lunch money. He's like always messing with people. And then he's powerful. And then he's like, I'm gonna go, you know, to the vampires and get more powerful. Like, I- I'm thinking about it from the I- idea of like, oh yeah, they're afraid of the, like the order being upset. But then I was like, yeah, but what about like a dictator wanting to have more power and then using this hybrid system to get, you know? And then I was like, oh, I don't know the answer to this question. I was like, maybe like if Jimmy rose to power and like yeah, just kind of hoarded power in a way that's different but still just as oppressive to people exactly huh i mean i think you just have to apply that in the same way that you would any other person who like decides to implement fascism in your society and not try to like equate it with the fact that right. oh, they're like, a vampire a vampire mm. that's a good point right but this so does that mean that like you have to be like okay rule one no one no mage can turn into a vampire and vice versa like you know what i mean like but we still haven't stopped the fact that someone could actually just take over all 
the power and then take over. Maybe this is like not that mage deep. did. Yeah, no. yeah, and yeah. also a mage could become a vampire by being attacked, and they that's also a good point. Should not be gelded and have their wand broken, right? Yeah, right, 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 right. Interesting. So, I don't know how to solve this problem, sorry, y'all. I, just like, <laughs> I don't know, just magic up some blood. Like, that will fix something. <laughs> like, I mean, also, like, vampires can't have babies. Like, there's a lot of reasons to not be like, oh, well, if someone does it, then everyone's going to do it. Yeah. Mm. Lots of people don't want to be immortal. But, like, I think especially the old families are very invested in, like, having heirs, mm. right? Mm. And, like, you can't have an heir if you're a vampire. I don't know. If you folks listened to the episode that we put out last week, but we had a very long conversation about the fact that body temperature would like biologically <laughs> prevent one from being able to reproduce as a vampire. Oh, interesting. Just like regardless of whether or not they're dead, you wouldn't be able to have a baby if you were a vampire mm. or make a baby if you were a vampire. Mm. Interesting. Because their body temperature is too low. Ah, I was going to say hi. Room temperature. So. Don't they not have blood at all? They have blood. Baz blushes at some point. Oh, Actually, I think fair. in this. He d- yeah, he does blush. And his cheeks and his ears is so adorable. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so interesting. All of this just makes me wonder. I'm like, what would it look like to like have a non-hierarchical sort of like social order with, I guess, these different types of people who have just like all these different types of powers? Like, could that even exist? Because I don't know. I feel like just um, with these like supernatural abilities, it's like I I feel like eventually there would be someone who'd be like, oh, I'm about to take this shit. Like, this is about to be mine. Mm. But yeah, I just wonder what it would look like to like try to have like a sort of flat sort of or more like um, like horizontal kind of social construction where it's like folks are just different and it's fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I that would be good. I, I I get the feeling unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, you could just cast spells. Uh, yeah, yeah. So. If I could, although I gotta say, if I could cast spells, this is off topic. I really, truly, I, I maybe not cottage core, but I'm, I'm not, like, <laughs> I'm not trying to fight anyone. Like, I'm over here on a beach house, like, you know. Ooh, you better tell it. I'm, I'm divorcing myself from the capitalist economy as it stands, you know. I'm not yeah. joining any bureaucratic institution. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, yes. like, making food. Like, just, like, right. growing food. Um, <laughs> that's it. Like, basically Instapot, but, like, magic. Like, that's essentially <laughs> yeah. what would be my energy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just yeah. would eat a lot. Um, travel. No. That's what I'm saying. I'd be, like, literally the most unbothered. Like, starting war. Girl, who has time for war? Like, I could that's what be I'm in saying. another country. Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Um <laughs> I would just love to watch, like read a book where it's just like, and then all the magical are super chill because we don't have, need to have capitalism. <laughs> just like, <laughs> a right. book with no plot, just like people <laughs> having a good time. Would literally just be chilling. Like honestly, like I'm like, why are y'all prez? The whole plot is just like an introvert being like, oh, do I want to go to this party? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you can flip it where it's like someone like falls into the world and is like aren't you guys having a war and everyone's like no we're mutual <laughs> like, aid what are you doing right we're, we're <laughs> good. do you want some mutual a aid. delicious sandwich uh, we all have magical powers we don't right. need to have a hierarchy exactly we take care of each other damn <laughs> oh my gosh oh the dream i'm just saying like a magical version of like 
like a like a random Steven Universe episode, like not a plot <laughs> one, but like just one where they're like just in Beach City, just hanging out. Like that's like <laughs> definitely the image I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, the dream. Mm. <laughs> well, instead we got this, so I guess we just yeah, we make it's it work. Fine. <laughs> I did want to say, like, in relation to the vampire thing, we've had this recurring thing where Simon is like, vampires are alive, and everyone else who, like, and by everyone else, I mean Baz and now Eb are like, vampires aren't alive. Mm-hmm. And we get it here where Simon's like, oh my god, your brother's alive. And Eb is like, he's out there. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know. I feel like coming from Baz, I'm like, there's a lot of self-hatred there. I can see like where it's coming from. But having Eb be like, I mean, she sees Nico every Christmas, Mm -hmm. right? They don't talk, but like they spend time together. And I don't know. I guess it just like hurt me for her to be like, I won't, I won't like use the word alive for what he is. He's like... something other than that but he's out there interesting yeah i don't know i i guess of anyone in the book to be like yes vampires are alive i would have expected it to be ebb agreeing with simon and she doesn't i that is so interesting i did not even catch that because my my impression was that like simon thought that nika was dead and so like it was just like i thought it was just like a weird miscommunication but damn like that's actually way more layered yeah i just I mean, even if they don't necessarily have the most, like, active relationship, you know, Nico and and Eb, just the amount of, like, I don't want to, okay, I'm trying to use my words right. Like, her life just went in a very different direction because he became a vampire. So maybe there's just, like, some acrimony there, some, like, mm. bitterness that hasn't really been maybe fully fleshed out. I mean, granted, I don't know what she's discussed, like, with, her, with, with Nico, but... I imagine that like that might maybe be the source of it, but yeah, that's damn. Mm-hmm. I didn't even I didn't I literally did not even catch that until you said it just now, and I'm like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, sorry. <laughs> what were we gonna say, Jesse? Oh, I definitely think it might be a way of kind of along what you were saying, sort of dealing with her grief mm-hmm. as like because mm-hmm. maybe thinking about him being alive but so distant from her is too much to deal with mentally, mm-hmm. and she sort of has to be like, he's out in the wind or whatever. However, mm-hmm. she's justifying it to herself. Maybe it's a way of her trying to, like, put the blame on Nico, at least to whatever extent she needs to, to be able to, like, stay in the world of mages who, like, took him away from Mm. her. And if she's fully conceptualizing him as, like, a person, then it would be really hard for her to stay in this world that does things like, you know, drive the vampires out of England, even though Mm -hmm. he didn't, but he says he did, right? Right. Yeah, sorry, Aga, what were you going to say? Well, I was just wondering, like, does does humanity need to be, in, in this instance, be attached to them being alive, is my question. Like, does it have to be the case that someone who is dead isn't just as valuable, you know? Like, the problem isn't that vampires are, no, like, it, being alive isn't what gives them value, you know? Like, say, just saying they're alive when they're like, no, well, I, we are different. We're vampires. We're, we're, we're different. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to have a moral judgment to it. So isn't really the problem the dehumanization of these people rather than them being dead, I guess? Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But then in this, this society where it's like, they seem to just have that dichotomy and, like, have no interest in expanding anything, <laughs> like... <laughs> I feel like that's step three, and they're still in, like, we got to fight the vampire stage, so. <laughs> yeah. 
It is very like lack of imagination. It's like y'all have magic. <laughs> like, right. How is it outside of your scope to be like vampires <laughs> are alive and people? Right. Right. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a weird, weird attempt at like definition of alive too where it's Mm. like what i mean what do you need to consider right someone who like walks around and like talks and eats and sleeps and right because i feel like to be dead you there's you gotta be a lot of things to be dead you know what i mean like (laughs) Yeah, like you, you can't be eating like, <laughs> right right there's, there's a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah because i imagine like bass like has a heartbeat or something i mean are we right yeah yeah this doesn't make too much unless it's like a you know like historically people would like dehumanize people to like uh get their land or something mm. be like only christians count or only this group of people count and so since you're not that we can take your land so maybe it's like an arbitrary political distinction to take people's st- that's what it is Most that likely. is yeah. that, is, that is, is in fact that, what yeah. it is yeah it honestly feels like they're just like using body temperature as their limits for whether right. or not one is alive <laughs> mm. right that's like <laughs> ages and you know goes through puberty and like all of the other things that like not vampire people do do. and they're like but like i don't know you're cold and kind of gray so like you're dead i guess (laughs) so lazy (laughs) so lazy i mean trigger a life just as arbitrary as all the other bullshit people are like right "Uh, actually you're not a person and it's like actually you suck (laughs) right <sighs> that's facts also like wizards not normal like based on this book definition right they're not norms so then isn't that already couldn't someone say you're i don't know dead might be hard to pull off or something like, right you would think uh, that like the empathetic capacity would be greater because it's like you do like y'all literally call them normals which would mean that ostensibly you're not normal like that's right. like kind of the subtext here so why is it hard to like see the humanity and someone else who's like kind of in a similar not in the same group as you but like similarly kind of separate from what's considered situated normal. right right yeah oh these people are disappointing oh my god Dude, <laughs> yeah. if i'm gonna live in a magical world i really want some real real magic you know i can't be having some going to school i, I didn't understand about harry potter either i was like i'm magical i gotta go to school okay <laughs> <laughs> like i'm really okay. sitting here in class like <laughs> right okay girl I'm getting Ooh. graded? Okay. Like, right. Why? <laughs> the fuck? That is true. That is such a scam. To be like, oh, and by yeah. the way, you still got to school for seven <laughs> for years. What? And you still get homework and grades and exams. And it's like, uh... For what reason? But why? But then it makes me think about, not me bringing up a whole other book, but um, have y'all read the um, the Broken Earth trilogy? Oh, I have. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> you have. But uh, but yeah, but I guess just for context, like there's a there's a group in that book that basically like they have these like powers that like some of them just kind of like, you know, exhibit these powers in their everyday lives and just sort of like learn to control it on their own or like in communities and others go to this like school where they like are taught how to like specifically hone it. But the way that the school teaches them how to hone their magic is in a way that like mm. kind of dulls it in a way, like it makes it less like, again, it, it's just a form of, like, state control. Like, it's just a way of, like, minimizing their power and making it show up in these very specific ways so that it's easier yeah, to yeah. control. So I'm just like, okay, maybe it might be, a, like, Watford's just oh, kind of, like, a similar 
situation where it's like, okay, we're just kind of like trying to fine tune it so it's not too chaotic. And then it's like, oh, we got mm. Ebb. So, okay, we got to play with the goats and take care of the goats because it's too much to just kind of have you like, it's like, we got to make sure that y'all are like not too chaotic or like chaotic as defined by like, you know, just deviating from what we see as appropriate. Maybe then like there's really three angles to this. The wizards already feeling ostracized from the, the normals, quote unquote, feel like they need to play this. We're the good magical creatures against the vampires oh who are seen as more negative because they suck blood. What? Mm. What? A complex racial <laughs> analogy? This is like That's a racial like, What is like, happening? Like all of this That's, like racial analysis. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I like that take. Mm. Right? I also, I love it. I love everything about this. Yeah. (laughs) When I write my paper, I might use that argument. But I'll cite you. I'm going to cite you. You're going to get your credit. Don't worry. So. Oh, my my gosh. I love that. Welcome to Caught in a Landslide, where we rant about stuff. (laughs) My only rant is, like, not a rant. It just gave me big feelings, so I'm just going to, like, get it out of the way so we can get into real rants. And it's just the the part where Simon used to sit close to Eb so that she would, like, put her arm around him. I know. I Like, just weeping, like... Oh my god, this is the most tragic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. hmm <laughs> <laughs> He's just so star for human contact. Right. I know. She's probably, like, the first person who's ever consistently given him, like, tender physical interaction. Mm. Mm. Damn. Just yep. never-ending crying emojis. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> basically yeah. uh, so that's my not not rant that's my big feelings <laughs> for this for this section <laughs> um Akko, what do you have first here yeah i feel like i don't have a rant i really just have strong feelings about baz's like will he won't he with simon oh my god <laughs> same <laughs> we're like every time simon's like like when he comes to his house and like baz is like he was here. <laughs> like Baz. I just like I don't know. Something about his awkward like want to talk to Simon but inability to make words come out when he wants to do that, except mm. for snippy remarks on how he like clearly has carried all of England with him mm-hmm. to his house. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't know. I just yeah. I and then he like other things like just the way he like notices Simon and he's like, Oh, his pants and I was like, Baz, you're doing the most, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the yeah. it's just like the internal chaos is like yes, just so yes. like like he's like oh my god like I never want Simon to leave oh my god don't leave don't leave me right. but then he's like oh well th- thanks for stopping by trying to close <laughs> the door on him it's like, like no ma'am you will not do this so just like so chaotic I love it it's just right. so again it just goes back to that whole Helga Pataki energy which I yes. love like yes. I love it oh my god yeah Baz iconic yeah, it feels very much like I have a football-shaped, um, what's it called, shrine in my room. <laughs> yeah, that part was like a lot. Yeah. But great show. Great mm. show. Anyway, sorry. Oh, my gosh. 
I also just loved how, like, before all of this assignment, like, Baz is like, oh, yeah, like, I'm, like, making a new song. Like, my stepmother <laughs> thinks it's, like, she calls it, like, needlessly morose. And I'm like, that is forever the category. The category will always be needlessly <laughs> morose. <laughs> just such a mood, such an aesthetic. Also, he was oh talking God. about how his grandfather, like, used to be able to cast spells, like, with his violin bow while he played. Like, can you, mm. could you imagine, like, right. you're just playing music and spell, oh, my God. I'm like that. Yeah, that's just like next level. Give me a visual. I need the visual. Right. Yo, you could you could be like a hardcore concerto. Like right? you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't even have to be good. Like you'd be in there just At casting all. spells <laughs> and then like someone who's like, you know, not who's immune would be like this is why did you bring me (laughs) this is the worst or the spell could be both visually pleasing but also make the music better like the spell i'm sure they got a spell to make it's like oh if you ain't really shit at your instrument it's like it makes it lit you know right or like you know like all of a sudden you can like see things or also smell things while you're playing Mm. the violin. okay this is like it's like a laser show coming out the violin yeah yeah but it sounds like his uncle was evil it sounds like his uncle wasn't doing all that oh uh, well (laughs) or not evil but like not fun yeah yeah now I'm just imagining magical spells that make the music sound like it does when you're stone, but like you're like so- totally sober. Oh, when you're just like, oh my, oh my god, the strings are so intense. Do you just like hear it? It's so good. <laughs> That's true. Isn't that That's basically true. how bard magic works in the Harriet Porber book, Jesse? Yes, yes, it what is. This is making me mm. think of. Have did the did either of you read that? Mm-mm. No. So. Like, right after J.K. Rowling in June did her, not first, but, like, biggest, I guess, to that point, like, I am a terrible transphobe uh, <sighs> situation, Chuck Tingle, True American Hero, six days later came out with a book called Trans Wizard Harriet Porber and the Bad Boy Parasaurolophics, <laughs> <laughs> which is, like, a Harry Potter parody where... The lead is a trans woman named Harriet Porber, and the love interest is a dinosaur, a trans dinosaur named Snabe. <laughs> and Snabe is in a band called Seven Inch Nails and is a, <laughs> yes! a, a bard musician. So, like, the way that he casts spells in the book is, is through music, and he writes mm. spells that, like, ma- basically, like, make you hallucinate while you're hearing the songs oh my god so like you like see the songs like unfolding around you oh my god though i think they can do other things too but that's very much exactly what you were talking about Aka. i was like oh yeah i've read a book like that That (laughs) sounds like a very good book everyone should go read it huh that sounds Mm. fun as long as you're okay with erotica because it is rated nc-17 it, it is full of mm. porn it's right. yeah it's, it's, it's actually right. very good porn let me just well, that's good we like we like a well-written oh yeah we, we stand yeah. a well-written porn it, it is, <laughs> yeah. <does>. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah un, un, completely and 100 percent sincerity love chuck tingle give mm. that give him a uh hugo 2021 I wanna say that the jeans looking good, fitting right, baby, damn those jeans. Welcome to Scent Shivers Down My Spine, where we talk about sexy stuff. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm such so a, overwhelmed. It's like <laughs> such a tiny little Baz chapter, and it is so full of sexy stuff um marcy would you like to start oh my god um so i feel like we're probably all on the same page but like again just like the contrast of that internal monologue and what he said out loud was just 
iconic, but there was literally a quote <laughs> where <laughs> Simon swallowed, which is like a thing that, you know, people tend to do, you know, and the, like, <laughs> I, I want to read it exactly because I had to write it down. <laughs> it reads from Bass's point of view. He swallows. Snow has the longest neck and the showiest swallow I've ever seen. His chin juts out and his Adam's apple catches. It's a whole scene. And I was like, why are you me? Like, why? Stop. Stop being me. Why? I would say that. that is, those are words I would say. How dare you? Like, what? And I'm just like, you're, I'm like, and then it, then it begs the question. I'm like, Baz, was it a whole scene? Like, I don't think anyone else in the room was like, wow, that was such a scene. When, like, Simon swallowed girl. Like, it literally disrupted the space. It, I think it was just the case for you sis but that's fine it's fine <laughs> so i was like wow so the thirst is just truly palpable like i feel like it's yeah anyway so <sighs> and that's even before simon like bent over to untie his shoe or whatever oh my god he was doing. it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah that what does that say like his wool trousers stretch ridiculously over yes. his thighs and you're like with the ellipses. Right. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we are just, I'm like, does anyone, does anyone have water? Does anyone have any kind of beverage? <laughs> the thirst. The thirst. I'm like, oh my God. Uh, frankly, it's yeah. impressive. I'm like, how are you thinking all this and being like clever and, you know, sneaky at the same time as, as far as your responses? Like, I feel like I, he has to be obvious. Like, it has to be I feel like obvious. it's obvious for everyone who's not Simon. Like, I feel like it's one of those things where you, like, okay. walk into the room and you're like, huh, I'm gonna I'm get a drink. Uh, you, y'all good? Like, <laughs> <laughs> or it's like, you come in and you're like, actually, I, I'm, right. I'm gonna go. Because, you know what, this is, uh, I'm, I'll be back. You know what, y'all, y'all got it. Right. I feel like this is a situation where Baz's like rich kid training is really paying off because mm. I, Penny's not super observant, but it does take her until the very end of the book where she like, where Baz uses the spell on love's light wings to levitate them up into the room. And then like him and Simon are like holding each other and crying before she's like, oh, so I feel like Baz must be able to play it at so least cool. fairly cool. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Fair. I feel like it also must be his like rich kid training to the fact that he can like both ogle his crush and still be able to even make snarky comments. Right. I'm like, wow, that's like a really impressive skill. Like you're not just yeah. like so impressive. just like sort of, you know, glaze your eyes aren't like glazed over, you're just like, uh, I mean, cool that you're here. Don't get off like it's just like <laughs> he's just ready with the comments and I'm like, wow. Yeah. And the fact that he didn't even like trip at all in the part like maybe one of my favorite scenes in the entire book where simon looks up and the only thing he can say is baz you're wearing jeans <laughs> Just like, someone who follows us on instagram their handle is basilton in jeans and i'm like if you're listening please know that i noticed and i love you <laughs> That is like such a specific detail. I actually love. I, I also that is definitely the scene where Simon is also obviously checking out what I'm sure is Baz's expensive tight jeans. Yeah. Oh. Yes. I mean, the, you don't trip over the fact that someone is like wearing <laughs> nice jeans unless you're like, oh wow, right. like look at you in those jeans. Right. Literally in those jeans. Oh, in <laughs> jeans. Damn. 
Hmm. And meanwhile, I'm like, can you imagine this from Baz's point of view? It's like, I was literally just playing the violin. Like, I was just not aroused, just playing the violin, (laughs) just in my house. And now I'm just all hot and bothered. Moping. Right. Being needlessly (laughs) Exactly. Being needlessly morose. (laughs) Fitting the category. And then here here comes Simon with all this foolishness. Ugh, it's too much. I, yeah, to be able for your your crush to show up at your house, oh my god, with no warning at my house, and I'm mm. making quippy remarks. Who? Maybe that's right. why he's a mage and a vampire. Like maybe that's the magic <laughs> contained. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no warning. Yes. And, yes. and I was. I feel like the fact that Simon was like dirty was like kind of like charming and endearing. Right. Like, it's just like, oh my god, you're like. It's like you like ran all like I feel like in his mind he was like oh my god he ran all the way yeah. like ran all the way through the countryside to right. my house for me. Wait, <laughs> you know like you know like, sometimes like you just want your crush to be bothered like you know you're like you're like right. that's why like you know like oh you're disheveled great like because of me you ran all this way to right. see me whatever that's fine whatever. <laughs> it's like uh, it's fine it's just like okay Battleton. <laughs> and using the spell to like take the dirt off him it's like level one undressing. Oh right. Okay. He's like you're all dirty and then he's like oh I clean his whistled you and now I can look at your thighs straining your wool pants. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh Basilton. Oh, oh, oh Basilton. Oh, a mess. Oh, this slow yeah. burn. It's slow like burn. Fan yourself. Truly slow burn. My God. Like, <laughs> Simon swallowed. Like people swallow. Anyway. <laughs> but it's like such a specific thing. We're that, gonna like, move on. It's like you're you're crushing on someone you're gonna notice. It's like oh wow look at your neck. Like Right. Look how great. Oh my gosh. The most normal. You'll be like to your friend, like, did you see like their, their, their I don't know, their haircut? And your friend's like, no, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I, I was reading. <laughs> oh my gosh! But I also remember being like in high school in like this level of thirsty. I'd be like, oh my god, when that, oh yeah, when that person blinked, oh. y'all, I wasn't ready. It's like they, they simply blinked. That is, that's all that happened. That's all that happened. Okay, I. Did just want to know. So Simon's walking around Watford having fake conversations with mostly Penny, but also a little bit with Baz in his head. And Baz is mostly just contributing insults. <laughs> and I just wanted, like, per our theme song, it's almost as if Simon and Joyce being <laughs> insulted by Baz or something. Mm. Because. <laughs> That's what's like, that's what he's summoning Baz and his imagination to do is to like call him names. Is just, I don't know, makes me put my hand <laughs> to my heart. <laughs> that's so interesting. Yeah, I noticed that. Too. I, I will say, like, when you're younger, sometimes you're like, I, I don't know if Simon knows that Baz is in love with him. I think Baz knows he's in love with Simon. I think, I don't know what Simon, I think Simon is like main character oblivious, you know? Totally. He and so no in his idea. mind, he's like, yeah. I don't know, Baz hates me. He just like comes to my head and, and he just, you know, says stuff. And it's like, I, I feel like when you're a teenager, like, I don't know, feelings are, are like confusing. And so you don't know what they are when you first feel them. And so, because I don't think Simon's mad that Basil's in his head throwing around insults. Right. I think he likes it a lot, actually. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a lot. Yeah, but. Yeah. Like a lot? Like a lot. Right, like a lot. Like, like a lot. But. <laughs> 
<laughs> but when you're a teenager, that's a confusing feeling, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. He's just like, I really think Baz is probably a super bratty bottom. And like someday these insults are going to be used in a completely different way. There I'm we go. Really I think I, that sounds exa- that tracks. I, that is, yep. Yep. <laughs> that, yeah. that part. Like, I think he's just envisioning it in a different context. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's going to be like a, in retrospect, it's like, oh, that's what that was. <laughs> Right, 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 right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, give him like three years. He'll be fine. Is this just fantasy? Welcome to Is This Just Fantasy, where we talk about magic and science and magical science. Ooh. Jesse, <laughs> you go first. <laughs> Okay, I want to start off with talking about the magical buildings here that oh can, can be hurt and have scars and just like, mm. you know, the nursery just being like pulled away into the walls or in the basement and just like not being anywhere is like, mm-hmm. it's wild. It's just very wild. And I just, it's like a great detail. I just love it. Mm-hmm. Semi-sentient build, magical buildings. Because I, I, that that was also in my notes, and I wanted to ask y'all, like, does that come up again? Like, is there like a like a sentient building or something like later in the book or something like that, or it was just like a fun detail of the world? I don't remember I it don't coming think it up. Comes up again. Yeah, but it does raise the point. If if we can accept that buildings are sentient, we can't accept that vampires are alive. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> just circling back though. Circling back circling to earlier back, though, that's a word. I'm just that is a whole point. You know? mm-hmm. Yes. So clearly, but I, I also like the buildings being sentient thing too because it. it it adds like I, I think um you know like a physicality to things that aren't always uh, like a a tangibility to, you know like you know someone builds a building it, it, you know someone puts time and effort and love into making it and so mm. it felt very cool to kind of see like in a magical world like that magic is much more pronounced uh, mm-hmm. I don't know I thought it was cool very so one thing I wanted to bring up was uh, this whole notion of being struck from the book um, you know what happened with with um, Nikki or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is that like, is it like a symbolic gesture? Like, it's like, okay, like if you're taken out of the book of mages, then like, we just can't speak of you again. Or is it like, it actually does something to the person? I think it does something to the person here. So Mm. here's what I wrote when I was thinking about it is that no one has heard of Nicodemus seemingly at all like anyone that they ask about it they like look through all the magical records like it's not there Mm -hmm. ed has been able to keep keep his name right and then she Mm -hmm. shows it to simon and then once simon knows about it he can show it like he can tell baz who Mm -hmm. can then tell penny and Mm -hmm. i know that y'all haven't read harry potter but like this is sort of how like the secret keeper spell works in Harry Potter, which is like a secret mm-hmm. lives in one person's soul, but then like they can tell people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like striking Nico from the book, it's like sort of like he's both erased from like the records of magical history, but also like from people's memories. But then if someone who's been given the information from Ebb, the only person who was allowed to like keep the knowledge of him. Mm-hmm is then like they're able to like pass it on although the mage knew about nico because he went and approached him and asked him to like invite bring the vampires to watford but presumably Mm. the mage was part of the striking Mm. so got you okay he would probably also remember 
But also, if he's the head of the the coven, like he might just have mm. access to all that. Yeah. Oh, info. not like forbidden, but like off the record info. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I guess he did become the head of the coven after the attack on Watford. But I think yeah. he was on the coven already because Eb says that Natasha was fighting the reforms and the mage is the great reformer with have hefty air quotes. I think that um even in real life, you know, that's that's something that translates to real life is there's a certain magic in remembering and writing things down. It's why people burn books and libraries and why mm-hmm. history conveniently leaves out certain groups of people. You know, there's a, a you know, like there's a strange magic to forgetting someone and strike mm. especially if they i mean nicodemus has not passed away so you know he was able to be like hey i'm actually still here do a vampire thing right. but you know okay. y- y- when someone passes away too like if you write them out y- you know it is easy to sort of erase them from the memories of people mm. i don't know if that's what it was intended but you know a yeah. thought yeah i think there's like a definitely a kind of a sort of heftiness and like someone being like stricken from the records right mm-hmm. yeah that's rough because then it's like you can't even can't even talk about mm-hmm. it right i just uh Ev, my god i can't anyway yeah it is it's really sad all right we gotta talk about clean as a whistle <laughs> this is just actually i was not expecting this to be as interesting as it was when i looked into it because simon's like you know, he thought he could clean as a whistle instead of showering. And Penny's like, whistles aren't actually that clean. It only takes care of the dirt that you can see. And I was like, cool, mm. where did this come from? Like, 45 minutes of research <laughs> later, here's what oh my I God. learned. <laughs> what? I know. So there are three possible sources for this uh, saying that we have. Oh, you didn't mean where did it come from in the story. You meant like what is the the history of the of the phrase? Okay, I'm excited. Right, because that's how spells work. Is like they're rooted in things that people say, right? Mm. So like mm. we say "clean as a whistle" as a colloquialism, mm. word that I have a really hard time getting out of my mouth. So it could be about decapitating people. whistling is the sound that your very sharp sword makes as it swings towards someone's neck to cleanly decapitate them and you say that (laughs) you decapitated them clean as a whistle oh right i was okay it could be about moral purity and now it's been so long that i don't remember about how that one worked Hmm. So we're going to skip that, I guess. Um, (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) But in the context of actual whistles, which I think is the most relevant to how it's being Mm -hmm. used in this book, apparently to get good sound from a like hand carved wood whistle, Hmm. the whistle has to be immaculately clean. Oh, like the tiniest bit of dirt or like whatever residue will mess up the sound quality Mm. of the whistle and so penny is completely wrong like clean as a whistle would be like a sterilizing spell like whistles have to be clean as fuck in Mm. order for that saying to be applicable huh Uh, huh. this has been (laughs) steer science corner Wait, you, so follow up question. So you said that um, these are with. Did you, did you say wooden whistles or did yes. I make that up? No, wooden yes. whistles. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But like, 
probably also must apply i guess less to like metal whistles but kind of like musical instruments you have to keep wind instruments like pretty clean i mean pretty clean this seemed like it from what i was reading was very much like they sound great when they're brand new Mm. and or if you like scrub them every time you use them like even by the time you're like done using it one time the sound will have degraded from where it started Mm. damn huh yeah also when when penny was like you know it doesn't the things you can't see but i was like but if he's just cleaning his skin like 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 a shower it's not like you take a shower and you've cleaned like your organs you know what i mean like you, <laughs> right you have just clean the part you can't see so i was like well that, isn't that fine then like but then i was like maybe it's like a metaphor for like his heart like like his feelings like you know you can't get rid of your feelings and i was like i don't know i think i'm giving penny too much credit <laughs> i think that penny just meant like it takes care of visible dirt but like not germs mm. like it wouldn't necessarily like make your pits not stinky because like that's a bacteria situation uh, or whatever okay but she's wrong just right. for the <laughs> <laughs> Truly hate to see that, actually. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> Poor Penny. <laughs> it's very out of character. Fuck, Penny. Uh, it's fine. Wikipedia was not as accessible in 2015 as it is now, so I guess I can't hold it against her. No, that's real. Yeah. And I feel like Penny's, like, usually right, so there it's fine. Go. Yeah. The track record yeah, still she's like, like plays a out well. 70, yeah, yeah. 30. She's, she's passing. Yeah. She's definitely passing. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, <sighs> Jesse. All right. Uh... <laughs> I have a few things about goats. <laughs> yes! yes! Which in, in a normal wait. episode would be like, we have time. We've been like, this is going to be like an hour and a half long episode. But that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. So, fun fun facts about goats is... Oh, I really actually, cannot wait. It's actually about... This is about goat imagery. So, goats are, in Christianity, often associated with the devil because, you know early christians pretty much considered any like non-christian deities the devil and like a lot of Mm. a lot of agricultural you know regions of the world like kept goats goats eat as we know just about anything in this book it's like magical plants (laughs) but also in real life goats eat fucking poison ivy and like they're metal as fuck uh (laughs) oh shit okay go up yeah and like they're like you know Tons of places across the world have, like, kept goats for thousands of years. So it's, like, it makes sense for you to have a goat deity. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also why the devil looks like a satyr, you know, from, like, Greek mythology. Mm. Um, because, like, goat deities were also, like, you know, major in Egyptian, Greek, and Roman mythos. You have, like, you have, you have uh, Pan, you have Saturn, you have Jupiter, who are all associated with goats. Huh. And that's... And because, mm. you know, uh, Jupiter is also associated with like, goats, that's why Capricorn's ah. uh, your astrological sign ah. is a goat. There you go. Goat. Some fun wow. facts about goats. Also, if you've seen a goat, like a like a, like a a billy goat with the like horns, they do look like they're going to come steal your soul. So I kind of get it. <laughs> as we talked about earlier, they have the weird eyes. Yeah, and they we're just, just like, saying. They can have like the multiple horns going everywhere. You're kind of like... And they're assholes. Like, goats are kind of dicks. So Wait, really? Wait, really? Goats are very stubborn, and they can be very bitey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and they just kinda, That's, like, not fun. They, like, kind of... I mean, like, it depends on the goat, but in general... Fair. They're kind of mean. <laughs> Shit. 
Huh. Okay. I didn't know that. Every goat I've ever met has been like, scratch my nose and give me food. <laughs> if you right. ha- if you like are if you're like hand raising your goats, apparently they can be super sweet. Oh, if fair. you're not okay. hand raising your goats, they're just like they like to get buck. I do I do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> do do goats like kick the shit out of things, or am I making that up? I think that that's up? true. That I think that's a, a truthful statement. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ah, uh, interesting. Interesting. Because yeah. I wonder if there's like somewhere where someone has to have like a goat like living in their home, like as a pet. Of course. Totally. Oh, I'm sure. There's yeah. got to be videos on YouTube about that. Yeah, because I'm like, I feel like a goat would be like, you know, not too bad. You can like in a lot of places you can rent goats to like mow your backyard. Mm. Also, oh, they'll wow. like bring goats in. Like here in Oregon, there's like a huge invasive kudzu or, or ivy problem and. Where I lived in Kentucky, there's a kudzu problem and like goats can eat everything, including things that like nothing else eats. And so they'll just like bring in herds of goats to like bioremediate areas. Wow. And they just like eat stuff. Goats are really rad. Yeah. I've really been paying it to goats. Like I haven't really, (laughs) can't really say I've been paying much attention to them, Mm. but like go off. Shit. Okay. And the baby ones are just so cute. They're just so cute. cute. They're very adorable. Yeah, the baby ones. There's also like breeds of goats that are super small. There's the like fainting goats, which. Mm -hmm. What? (laughs) I think if they get too like excited or freaked out, they just kind of like. They faint. Faint. It's like a play dead. (laughs) That way the monster will leave us alone kind of thing. Predator, I guess. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't feel uh, utilitarian to me, but I'm not going to tell the goat how to live. I mean, no. <laughs> per the rules of evolution, it must work. Otherwise, fair. it wouldn't have stuck around. Fair, so. fair, fair, fair. Oh, my god! I mean, playing dead works for possums. So. That's true. Unless they're playing yeah. dead to a car. Well, yeah. Uh, and I have and I have seen that, and it's, it's tragic. really Ew. fucking tragic. That's, yeah. uh, you bet on the wrong one. Moving, yeah. moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> You know, goats are pretty cool, and like I think uh, Eb hanging out with them as her life sounds great. There you go, kids. <laughs> I want this to be my life. It's just hanging out with some goats, watching some no. TV, like not concerned about. No, because apparently the goats like really allow for Eb to just like be her truest self and like allow for just like unbridled self-expression. Like I remember there was like some line that was like. You know, Ev doesn't really hang out with, like, people like that. But, you know, the goats, like, don't judge her. Like, they don't mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, damn. Like, the, I'm like, how are these goats doubling as, like, therapists? Mm. Like, I can't. Um, <laughs> so, amazing. Mm-hmm. All right. Can you folks tell our listeners where to find you on the internet? Oh, yeah. So we are the Color Pages Book Club, and you can find us at <laughs> the Color Pages on Twitter and these Color Pages on Instagram. Also, you can also go to our Gmail and send us a message at thesecolorpages at gmail.com or our website, thesecolorpages.com. Yeah, <laughs> that's that is all. Or I guess you could just listen <laughs> on Spotify. I guess you could actually listen to the show on Spotify or iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. I endorse mm-hmm. that as like the number one way to find you folks, and then the rest is secondary. If that's okay with you. Oh, no, amazing! I think Perfect. that is. Thank you. Yes. Accurate. Please do yes. That. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, we love it. We love to see it. Thank you. 
for listening to this episode of Escape from Reality. Next time we will be reading chapters 54 through 56. So get caught up on those. Escape from Reality is a creation of Hashtag Ruthless Productions. And you can find us all over the internet through our other podcast, The Gaily Prophet, which you should check out if you like Harry Potter. And uh, that's our handle on Instagram and Twitter. Our website is thegailyprophet.com. And Jesse's going to say some other stuff, like how to support us. If you like this here podcast, you should definitely leave us a review. So more people know how fucking rad this podcast is and these books. You can also tell all your friends about this year podcasts and if you want to know how you can financially support us you can join us on patreon at patreon.com slash the gaily prophet in which you can receive extra content from these episodes that we cut out for everyone else because they are just random tangents <laughs> this episode in particular uh, <laughs> i think is a solid 15 minutes longer on patreon than it is in the regular feed and it's great. It is chock full of wonderful digressions. <laughs> if you thought that the four of us were wonderful together here, just imagine how much better it is when we're talking about goats and pajamas. That's all I have to say. Yeah. And if you want to buy our previously mentioned carry-on merch, we're at thegaylaprofit.com slash shop. Heck yes. Our shower is by Theo Julian Forrester. The music in our theme song is by Kevin McLeod. The rest of the music is Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen, except for the part that is obviously in those jeans by Genuine. And uh, <laughs> until next time. Scottamoosh! Hooray! <laughs> Hooray! Oh, so good! We did it! We did it! Woo!